wrong, huh, bud? <laughs> oh, man, you got me going. <laughs> We're here, man. Match week three of the Premier League. We got all the latest and greatest. We got the news. We got the results. We got our thoughts on those results. Oh, and so much thoughts. more. Some thoughts, let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, today we go through, like you said, match week three. We got some news, uh, a lot of news. Uh, and then, you know, a couple days left, transfer window. What do teams need? So, going to be a Look busy couple it. of days coming up. Let's get to it. Tyler, what are you drinking today? Tyler? You mean Targo, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell people my real name, man. So I am drinking a brewery out of your neck of the woods. No lie. Nice. Let me get that glare from my light. No lie. lie. It is called Red Band Tangerine Wheat. Yeah. Got a sweet fish on the front. This beer is predominantly served at Spokane Indians games. Really? Hence the fish. Is that like like baseball or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I think they're an affiliate of the. Rockies or something like that. I don't know. Cheap beer. That is a pretty light, refreshing beer, though, I will say. It's very good. I will say that. Not that bad. What are you drinking, bud? I, I'm i drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 Seven it's like something out of the Conjuring series there. Right? Um. This is, uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. That's all he has for us. Well, give it a try. Have you had this before, or is this your first time? I have, but it's been a very long time, and I remember liking it, but it's also been a very long time, and my taste buds have changed. So <laughs> so what do your taste buds think of it today? It's kind of like a punch in the mouth. A punch in the mouth? I don't know if I want a punch in the mouth, man. Well, because it's very, like, flavorful. Is it a tongue punch? <laughs> yeah. It's very flavor forward. It's very strong on the the end of your tongue. I'm trying to see what the. So is it like a little spicy? Like you taste the alcohol? What's the percentage on that bad boy? Seven point two. Uh, it says true arrogant bastards refuse to be ignorant. Know where your beer comes from. Sounds about right for you, bud. Yep, it's from uh, Richmond, Virginia. Arrogant consortia. Yeah. Anyway, cool, cool, cool. It's a vegan beer. So those a of you vegan who, beer? I don't, I don't know if I care about that. I don't either, but, you know, i got to throw it out there. It, It's really, once you get past the initial taste, it's really smooth, but it's very harsh up front, uh, like an arrogant bastard who punches you in the face. Sounds terrible. I'm not going to lie. Don't want to try that beer. Do not ever give that one to me. Harsh yeah. up front. Yeah. It's like almost like an IPA up front, but an amber at the end. Okay. It's, Describe it like that next time, and maybe I'd want to try it. Not a punch in the face. Yeah, like a punch in the face in a good way. Speaking anyway. of punches in the face, man. <laughs> Great segue into um, the Spanish FA and this whole uh, Jenny Hermosa thing going on. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, but before we get into that, make sure you check out our social media oh, platforms, yeah. our, Facebook, our Facebook group, our Instagram, our TikTok, our YouTube channel, and our Redbubble. That sweet merch you got awesome on there, bud? like this, because you can't pause this banter, my friend. Okay. 
Anyway, I mean, I guess technically, is... if you're on Spotify or YouTube, you could pause it, but I guess so. Uh, Not on the live streams, baby. <laughs> do, you really, do you really want to? I don't think so. So news, yeah, Spanish Football Federation is called an extraordinary and urgent meeting uh, to pretty much manage the fallout from FIFA's suspension of their president, Luis Rubiales, after an unsolicited kiss after Spain won the Women's World Cup on forward Jenny Hermoso. So can you give us like a, I don't know, a play-by-play timeline, whatever, of this whole thing, man? Because this is wild. This has just been a... It is wild, so I'll give you the best I can. Um, So the final was, what, a week ago last Sunday? Honestly, it seems like forever ago. This whole Uh, thing has been going on. The World Cup, when they go up to get their medals, the president of the Spanish Football Federation kissed one of their players who, I don't, maybe she was the one that scored the goal. I don't remember. She was not, no. She was not. Okay. Anyways, gave her an unsolicited kiss on the mouth, which is very frowned upon. Shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. So after that, many players came out and spoke out against it, pretty much calling for his resignation. Last Friday, he had a press conference and said probably, I think it was like seven or eight times, I refuse to quit. You cannot forcefully remove me from this position. So I saw that, and, like, he was met with cheers. And I found out later that, like, a lot of the people in the audience were, like, family members, constituents, you know, people he'd kind of place there. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the sentiment of the entire organization. It's yeah, kind of just and, him. And since then, I think quite a few members, 11 members of Spain's women national team and staff have essentially told him to resign. Uh, the men's coach, Luis De La, was it Fuente? Fuente? Uh, Fuente, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much they've all distanced themselves from him. Monday, he was hit with a 90-day uh, football-related, many football-related activities ban from FIFA um, while they're kind of investigating the whole situation. His mother... I saw this today, man. She's got on a hunger strike. A a hunger hunger strike. strike. But not only that, locked herself (laughs) in a church in her hometown. A hunger strike. Wow. Yeah. Um, And he still refused to quit. Government officials have now stepped in. The Supreme Sports Council are looking to remove him. The Spanish FA have filed a complaint. uh, And they're to meet this week. And they've gone as far as even, apparently, other members of the Spanish FA, which this is, like, very extreme to me, have asked UEFA to suspend all of their club teams from European competitions until he resigns. Oh, that's very extreme. Would mean all of their Spanish teams that are in the Champions League, the Europa League, the European Conference League, would all be banned from playing for the season because they couldn't play in their initial games. So that's Barca, Real Madrid, Sociedad, Sevilla, Sevilla, Atletico. Atletico, yeah. It'd be huge. And millions and millions of euros lost in revenue. So I know he said, like, oh, it was consensual or something. Like, she had done something previously, like, picked him up, or he had picked her up, something like that. And then, you know, 
he had said that during that speech where that whole crowd of his constituents basically applauded. And then she came out and was like, nah, that's not what happened. I did not consent to this. This was not okay. What a shit show, though, for the F- Spanish FA, man. Like, this guy just needs to go away at this point, man. Like, I'm well, sorry. I mean, the worst he shouldn't have done is, it. The worst part, oh, no, definitely shouldn't have done it. But the it takes away part, from the victory of Spain. It does. Like, no one even 100%. cares anymore. It's like, what is going on? We're not talking about Spain winning the World Cup. We're talking about this damn kiss. Yeah. And, I mean, the sad part is, is he's brought in record revenue for the Spanish FA. I think it's like it's up like four hundred percent since he took over, and it's just like why to ruin a good thing? Good thing is about to get ruined, man. That's all I know. It's a, a bit of a joke. Speaking of ruining a good thing, <laughs> yeah, Saudi Arabia. I'm guessing is that where we're going? Saudi Arabian clubs. Yeah, Saudi Arabian clubs have asked UEFA to be added to the Champions League from 2025 onwards. Uh, They requested that they get a wild card slot so the winner of the Saudi Pro League would qualify each year. So hold on. Uh, This is called the. Terrible idea. This is called the (laughs) UEFA Champions League, correct? UEFA meaning what? European Association. Is Saudi Arabia in Europe? No. No. The only country that's in Asia that's no, it's not. It's Turkey. But they're also in Europe. I think it's a joke. Yeah. Saudi Arabia, get out. Quit trying to make more money. It's not happening. I don't. I don't get it, man. It's a joke. It makes no sense to me. It's just they're trying to be like, hey guys, we want to play ball with the big teams because we're spending all our money and getting your best players. Pretty much. Keep the best and you're not in the right region there. Bye-bye. Get out. Uh, speaking of Saudi Arabia. Uh, Who are they trying to sign? <laughs> yeah, Mohamed this time. Uh, and he's let Liverpool know of his desire to secure a move to Saudi Arabia, and especially Al-Itihad, according to Rudy Galetti. And according to CBS, they have put forward a financial package worth up to 150 million euros to sign him. So I don't believe whoever this Rudy Galetti is in this Saudi Arabian sports outlets that are claiming that game against Newcastle was his last game. I don't believe that for a second. If you want my opinion, I think he stays at Liverpool. Now, don't get me wrong. If Saudi Arabia came to Liverpool and say, hey, we're going to offer you $150 million for Mohamed Salah. Hey, Mohamed Salah, we're going to give you $100 million a year. Then I think it would be beneficial. But I only think it's beneficial if both Liverpool and Mo Salah want this deal to happen. If both entities don't want this to happen, I don't think it does. The only really, the only real reason I could see Mo Salah wanting to go is more religious than anything. Not really a footballing sense. Uh, just because, I mean, he's Muslim. It's a Muslim country. Other than that, I don't see any reason why this would ever happen. Liverpool don't. For footballing reasons, it's it's not a it doesn't make sense at all. Football suicide for him. Oh yeah, and he's 31, 32? Uh, somewhere around there. But he's and so don't get me wrong, like a hundred is better than has in previous seasons. So, but like one hundred fifty million for a player over thirty, Liverpool would have to consider. 
at this point, we're talking a couple of days to find a replacement, which makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. And so that's – I think this is a bunch of hogwash. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> Don't think will happen. <laughs> hogwash, man, new term. <laughs> With Zhao Felix. Zhao Felix is who they want to replace him, huh? What a downgrade. Yeah. 100%. No. Yeah. Zhao Felix is a good player. Speaking but of not jokes. Mo Speaking of jokes, because these are all great segues. Uh, Manchester United have asked Chelsea about the potential of a loan deal for Mark Kukurea, according to Fabrizio Romano. Uh, this is a joke, right? I don't think it is a joke. I saw this rumor. It's because Man United's uh, Luke Shaw is out injured and Tyrell Malassia is out injured. So they're looking for a left back, man. You got to be so effing desperate to go for Mark Kukurea after seeing his performances for Chelsea. Let's go back a couple years prior and look at Brighton, man. Look at his Brighton days. <laughs> Did all right. Did good. Warranted a big money move to Chelsea. Yeah, well, Chelsea seemed to just be buying everybody, so good or not. Sticking with Manchester United, they are close to signing goalkeeper Alte Bandier from Fenerbahce for $4.9 million. Fenerbahce recently signed Livakovic. Uh, and then Dean Henderson is about to move to Crystal Palace for $20 million, according to ESPN. Good move for Henderson. Good move for Crystal Palace. Yeah. Whoever this Alte Pioneer from Fenerbahce is, can't tell you who he is. Coming in to be the backup. Yeah. So, Nana, yeah. I think all parties won that one with Fenerbahce getting Livakovic, so. I can't believe they got him. I thought he would have gone to a bigger club, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and like six months ago. Not now, at the end of the transfer window. Yes. Uh, looks like Monaco are about to win the Florian, Florian Balligan lottery uh, for £40 million. <laughs> pounds. Personal terms agreed. Final discussions <clears throat> are taking place, according to Fabrizio Romano. I'm not going to say it's a done deal because, uh, yeah, it's been bitten in the butt couple times recently about that. Fabrizio doing you dirty, huh? I know. Good deal, man. I mean, Monaco are getting a player who they've seen can score goals in France. Mm-hmm. Arsenal get 40 mil. Sweet little profit off him. For a guy who has played twice in the Premier League. Is that all he's played? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, some Saudi Arabian news. America Laporte signed with Al Nasir. For 30 million euros. For that price, should other teams have gone in for him? How old is he? I'm sure he's in his late 20s. He's not old. No. Could have gone somewhere to play a little bit more competitive. That, that's what gets me. So, I'll go on my rant after we talk about this next signing, because this one really gets me. It's Gabri Viega going to Saudi Arabia from Celta Vigo after he was linked with Napoli. A young Spaniard man, and he's going to Saudi Arabia. He's 21 years old. 21. Apparently, it's all about money now. No one cares about playing in the better leagues, about playing for a team to win trophies, to having a legacy. It's all about money. And at 21 years old... I guess he's setting himself up. 
And, you know, I know the there's the age-old story of Oscar when he went to China and how he had to provide for his uncles, his aunts, and every other family member he had. But at what point does playing football become about the football and not the money? Yeah, you got to think, like, how does this hurt him down the line when it comes to, say, European Championship for Spain? Oh, Spanish, yeah. Getting on that Spanish national team, it hurts his chances significantly. Yeah, so, like, why? I don't understand it. It, Apparently it's money, man. Money. I guess so. But, I mean, he was going to Napoli, and it's like he's not going to be rich. Like, so that's the thing that I guess gets me. Like, okay, he's getting stupid Saudi Arabian money, but it's not like he's going to be poor. You know what I mean? Not at all. Not even with at Napoli, he's still going to be making, you know, 150, 200,000 euros a week. So he's making millions of dollars a year. I mean, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's just sad. Baffles, baffles. Yeah. I, at that age, I can see obviously at Ronaldo at 38. Fine, yeah. go. Firmino. Firmino, yeah. Like these guys. Benzema. Are, all at the end of their careers. Like Gabby Viega, Ruben Neves, man. Stupid. Yeah. Um, scale of 1 to 10, how much does this move surprise you? It, it did. I thought he was, you know, I, I had talked highly of him last year, especially after I watched that final game in La Liga, Celta Vigo against Barcelona. He came up with two goals, man. I was like, Gabby Viega. I'm on his train, man. Go to a big club in Europe. Let's see you in the Champions League. You know, let's, let's see you become a real Spanish international. Now he's just killing his career, going to Saudi Arabia, and it hurts me, man. <laughs> Honestly, it really does. It hurts my soul to see such a great young talent just go die in Saudi Arabia. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm going to go with an 11 out of 10. <laughs> It's absolutely baffling. Again, like you said, it's I don't understand how a player of that much quality, that much potential would decide to go to Saudi Arabia, no matter how much money they're paying you. To be able to potentially get on a team that would win the Champions League. I mean, the team that was coming after him was the team that won City at A, man, Napoli. It's not like this is, you know, no disrespect to any other clubs in Italy, but it's not like this is Torino. Or, not to mention, you know, there's a certain team out there that just won the Champions League, which was the other team linked with him in Manchester City. Yeah. Well, you probably get paid almost as much as you did in Saudi Arabia. Let's be honest. Well, he'll get paid more in Saudi Arabia. At least he better be getting paid more for that move. It doesn't make any sense to me. But speaking of La Liga, what else do we got? So Barcelona finally secured a, a move for Manchester City's João Cancelo. Worst kept uh, secret, do, yep. <laughs> yeah, really, it is. Uh, they do have an option to buy him at the end of the loan. I, wa- I haven't seen the total figure. I would assume it's less than what Bayern had at $70 million. You think That's ridiculous Barcelona- amount, yeah. Manchester Man, it's City crazy, though. João Cancelo, just a couple years ago, was you know one of the star players for Manchester City. A little falling out with Pep, a little change of system by Pep. Jao Cancelo doesn't quite figure into it. 
kind of has a little bit of, I think, maybe mouthing off, like, hey, I should be starting and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Pep shows him the door. Like, goodbye. Bye-bye. I just, yeah, I think he'll thrive under Javi the way that they play. I think well, then I've got a right back, man. <laughs> yeah. Sergi Roberto is the one playing there. Jules Kunde. I think he'll be fantastic during those games where they have possession in Champions League where they play a quality team. I think he could struggle defensively because he's not the best defensively. And those are my thoughts on Joe Cancelo at Barca. <laughs> I, I, I do agree. But I do think in La Liga, yeah, you're right. He's going to thrive. All right. So we have a series of uh, Brighton news. After Brighton. That. Very quiet transfer window, except for outgoings. Uh, they're adding lots of money. <laughs> yeah, they've they've agreed a fee in the region of eight million euros for Uruguay under twenty captain defensive midfielder Fabrizio Diaz from Liverpool Montevideo. Um, I'll be honest with you in my uh, what I've seen from my extensive YouTube scouting report. <laughs> What do you got, man, of all of his great highlights? None of his bad stuff. similar mold of Caicedo. He's a little smaller. Uh, great at breaking up play. Workhorse. Always around, all everywhere on the field. He's got good skill on the ball. But, he, again, just like Caicedo, he's best at winning the ball back and breaking up play. So. Well, they'll sell him for another $100 million in three years. Yep. I might be wrong with Evan Ferguson. It might be him after a year. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, they've also signed Lille midfielder Carlos Baleba for 26, 25.6 million pounds, and they are in talks to sign 19-year-old Argentine left-back Valentin Barco from Boca Juniors. Ooh, maybe they're getting some interest for a Stupion, so they're looking for his replacement? Possibly. I mean, if you're, I'm sure they could just loan him back and think, well, we're going to lose him to Real Madrid next summer anyways, like Redbeard called it. Um <laughs> Honestly, that would be a fantastic. Oh, that is a fantastic call out. I'm just gonna say that right now. Real Madrid need a left back. They're playing what's his name, Fran Garcia out there. Didn't look convincing at the weekend. They're they need a left back. Trillin Mendy has not been that answer. I mean, yeah. Camavinga, he's a midfielder playing left back. Estupia, man, Purvis Estupia in Real Madrid. Watch this. You need space. your. Apparently, Real Madrid needs a new scout in you, man. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll keep doing these podcasts. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll keep a hold of you. A little more global reach. I'll make sure to put that in my podcast. Uh, West Ham, with probably one of the coups of the summer transfer window, have signed Mohamed Kudis for 45 million euros. And I just got to ask, how good has West Ham's replacement of Declan Rice been? They signed James Ward-Prowse, Edison Alvarez, and Mohamed Kudus. I think there's one more in there. With the money they bought. I think the with, three of them. Oh, with them. those three, dude? That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, honestly, so far, I haven't seen Mohamed Kudus obviously play for West Ham yet. He's, well, he's just fine. He scored a hat trick in his last game for Ajax, and I think it was a hat trick in about 15 minutes against. That's Liga fantastic. Champions League qualifying. So. But for me, James Ward-Prowse, man, is the steal. 100. percent 30 mil, and he's tearing up teams right now. So we'll get to obviously West Ham's performance this weekend, but hint: James Ward-Prowse was excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looked fantastic. So yes, I mean that's a fantastic spend of money. They used it well, hopefully. So far, it looks like they've used it well. 
we'll see though how Kudis does in the Premier League. Because I know I talked to you about him being a fantastic competition for Mr. Bukayo Saka there at Arsenal for a right wing position. You you did, and you had him in your notes, and I had to delete it. I know. Quentin got signed to West Ham. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of more jokes about Manchester United, they've signed Johnny Evans uh, on, I guess, a contract extension since they signed him to for the summer, I guess. Uh, Why does it make absolutely no sense to me for them to sign an aging Johnny Evans and get a second spell of him at Manchester United? Because they didn't get rid of Maguire like they wanted. I think they were planning Maguire leave, and then they could have Johnny Evans kind of ride that pine there. And Yeah, that's the only reason I can think of is they had expected Harry Maguire to leave. Yeah, I guess the uh, the president of the Spanish FA must be taking notes from Harry Maguire. Just kind of too soon. I will not leave. I will not <laughs> resign. <laughs> uh, so, Fred Amrabat is waiting for Manchester United to come in for him. Uh, he's been training by himself for the last month. Uh, United need to let players leave, like Scott McTominay. And, and Harry uh, Maguire. And Harry Maguire <laughs> and Donnie Vanderbeek, uh, before they can even make a bid, he agreed to personal terms in the middle of July. You think this one will end up happening? <laughs> I think it could. I think it has a good chance, I guess is what I would say. Like, I'd put it in that maybe 60-40 range. Yeah. You know, here the last couple of days, teams start to get a little desperate. So I think it could happen, and I think it would be a good signing, honestly. I do, too. I think it would be a great signing for United, especially giving some cover for Casemiro. And, yeah, and we can – you know, I'll get into United, the midfield here, when we talk about them later, but – I think they could use another player of that sort in that midfield. Yeah, I, do. I agree. It's just more of, can they get rid of all three of those players? I think if they got rid of two, yeah. you know, a Van de Beek or Maguire or McTominay, Van, you know, one of them. You know, I know Dean Henderson's looking to leave here, so maybe that frees up a little, yeah. little cash. $20 million. It all depends on how much Fiorentina are asking, I guess. Let's see all right, Nottingham Forest are set to propose an offer for Leicester City midfielder Wilfred Ndidi, according to Fabrizio Romano. Do you think he could get back to the I like it. Know? I yeah. like that signing. I do, too. I rate him very highly. I know he didn't have a great year last year. He's been hurt a bunch. But, man, was he when he's healthy, he is such a great midfielder. He, he can be, for sure, a great midfielder on his day. Speaking of great midfielders, Alexis Sanchez. Wingers midfielders, yep. Tomato, tomato. He's completed a sensational return to Inter on a short-term deal. I did remember the uh, rumors earlier this summer when he asked to join Arsenal and Mikel Arteta said no and hung up the phone. So. He is, yeah, I'm surprised, honestly, he's not in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> being honest with you. Same here. With his age and name. I agree. That would be a, a very similar signing to Cristiano Ronaldo, just not of the same ilk. So. Similar okay, more Cargo. for Mino, I would say. 
Your dreams have come true. My favorite player, man, is coming to the Premier to League. Your favorite player week in and week out. As coming to the Premier League, man. Signed for Nottingham Forest on a loan deal with an option to make it permanent for $11 million. How excited are you for that? Oh, I'm so excited, man. <laughs> I get to see this this guy. Gonzalo Matiel play with Forest. Is that where he's going? Yeah, yeah. right back. <laughs> Full back, whatever position he's going to play. I will say he's got a job, though, because Serge Aurier has been playing pretty good there right oh, back. He's been on fire for her. For Forrest. Yeah. So I don't think I will see him play much. I'm being honest with you. I don't think so either. Unless uh, he gets hurt. Speaking of not playing much, Kieran Tierney has been loaned out to Real Sociedad with no option to buy. <laughs> Bro, how this guy never got a game at Arsenal, it baffles me still to this day. I don't know. He wasn't even on the bench for a single game this season. It's like, hey, I'm going to play a midfielder at fullback instead of Kieran Tierney, but whatever. I don't even get it. I think it makes sense because I think he – I mean, he gets to play in a new league, La Liga. So has not a bad team. Yeah. Still keeps his, hopefully, value up there for Arsenal because I'm guessing they're going to want to move on him. I hope so. And maybe, you know, Real Sociedad are like, hey, maybe we should buy this guy. For 50 million. <laughs> yeah. Nah, uh, and then finally, uh, your boy, the, the Jose Mourinho, AS, or, uh, Romelu Lukaku, uh, dream team keeps on going as AS Roma has signed him on a season long loan. Yes, my guy. Uh, I mean, you gotta follow your favorite guy with mine, so. Romelu, Romelu, where Romelu, are you going? Romelu, where art thou, Romelu? Third time Roma. signed by Jose uh, Inter, Man United, and now AC, AS Roma. At least I, he knows what he's getting. Yeah, that's true. And because <laughs> you, say watch better than so much, you watch <laughs> so much football this weekend, Targo, let me hear about some fun games from around the world this weekend. Oh, dude, I, so, so much. I think three games on Friday, four or five on Saturday, another four or so on Sunday. I'll start with my Friday game I watched. Okay. Well, there's two Friday games, so I'll start with both of those. First one was RB Leipzig against Stuttgart, man. I had to watch Leipzig, so they got thumped. I won't say they got thumped, but they got beat last week by Leverkusen. And they beat Bayern the week before. And they played Stuttgart at the Red Bull Arena. Fun fact, Stuttgart have never beaten RB Leipzig at the Red Bull Arena. And they came out flying, Stuttgart, that is. And they were up 1-0 at halftime. And this was a tale of two halves, let me tell you. Leipzig came out the second half and scored five goals, man, and won 5-1. He's just, that Red Bull just bulldozed over Stuttgart. And it was it was a fun game. Good goals in that one. I would recommend a rewatch if he got the time. And then the other game on Friday I watched, got to watch Real Madrid, man, when they play. Got to. And, man, has Jude Bellingham taken La Liga by storm. Scored another goal in this one. It is his fourth fourth in three games. Four goals in three games. The last player to do that at the beginning of their career at Real Madrid. A one Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. 
And so Real Madrid won this game 1-0. But a little bit of bad news as Vinny Jr. came off with, with what looked like a pulled hamstring. And so it looks like he might be out a few weeks. At least it's now and not, you know, later in the season. But, yeah, it was, it was an interesting one. He, he, he went down, pulled it. They wrapped tape around it, like his thigh, hamstring, kind of, you know, upper leg, and then sent him back on. He went to do one sprint, sat down. Nope, I'm done. Yeah, hopefully he didn't make it worse. I hope not. But those are the two games I watched on Friday. Got to give a shout-out. Kylian Mbappe played in his first game for PSG. Yeah. You know, Mbappe doing what he does, scored two goals. They beat last year's. Cinderella story long. And yeah, they won their first game in Liga. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go with a little bit messy. A little messy. A little messy style. Okay. And one of the greatest comebacks I've ever witnessed, Inter Miami came back from 2-0 down in the last 10 minutes, led by none other than the magical Lionel Messi with two amazing assists that ended up winning three or on penalty kicks after it was three three in extra time send them to yet another final the u.s open cup now got 13 goal involvements in eight games wild and then they won here in their first mls game as well yeah i think messi had a goal or an assist or something in that one yeah he's got 11 goals in nine games now i do know that so that MLS open game. He didn't do anything that game. But he had time on the ball. <laughs> time on the ball, man. Don't get messy. Time on the ball. And he puts a perfect cross in there. Yeah. And I know that MLS game, man, he had a sick assist. Just like, where is this ball going? And Messi found a way to get it through to a player. Yeah, I don't get it. I will note, uh, Red, New York Red Bulls third jersey inspired and designed by Run DMC is absolutely fantastic. Just saying. Well, I know someone has a birthday uh, coming up, so maybe. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, we also got the Arsenal third jersey that just came out. So. The green ones, yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of America, uh, Christian Pulisic? Yeah. AC Milan? Yeah. Scored his second goal in two games? Is Taylor the American? The American Messi. The American, the, the LeBron James of soccer, <laughs> that one. <laughs> so bad. There's some of the dumbest comparisons. I'm sorry. I'm not. But kudos to Pulisic, man. <laughs> Getting some sorry. goals. Izzy is literally, like, nose to the window here. So. <laughs> That's my dog, for those of you. And she is trying to get in on the podcast. But maybe so. Uh, Harry Kane scored a brace as Bayern Munich beat Osberg 3-1. Harry Kane uh, scored goals? What? Yeah, weird. So, it's not like that's what he does for a living. Right. So if you guys had any other games or highlights that maybe we should have highlighted, please let us know down in the comments. Or, or if you have a team you'd like us to cover, maybe let us know and we can cover them next episode. So. So, with that said, uh, there's four days left in the transfer window. What? When did that happen? It's almost September 1st. Uh, So, make sure to catch the rumor mill on YouTube. Get all your up-to-date transfers, rumors, and 
we decipher whether or not they're actually, you know, you should believe them or not. Which one? Or if we think they're good. Outlandish, yeah. Uh, but we're going to be going live on Transfer Deadline Day to see if anyone can get those last-minute deals across the line before 3 p.m. Pacific time is the, the deadline or 11 p.m. British Standard Time. So, Targo, i got to ask, what do teams need before the transfer window shuts? Let's start with our beloved Arsenal. What do Arsenal need? That's a tough one, man, because they've spent well, I feel like, in the transfer window, gained a couple midfielders, defender. It looked like they were okay up front. I think if I had to say maybe a little bit of competition for Bukayo Saka on that right-hand side. I agree. Or cover for Saka. And so, I, you know, I had mentioned Mohamed Kudas. I thought he would have been fantastic, but some other ones. Maybe in a Eze, Michael Elise, or maybe You've been talking a, about them and Arsenal for ages, and I don't disagree with you at all. I know a player you're kind of you liked was a Lucas Ocampos, yeah, from Sevilla, mm-hmm. right winger. Great I feel like could maybe get the job done. Yeah, and then maybe a little out of the box, uh, Takefusa Kubo, winger and from Real Sociedad, airing it up for them. No, previously of one Real Madrid. And so, so that's position. They're all great. I feel like that's a position they really need strength in. I mean, honestly, they're they do have a lot of defenders. Obviously, Timbers pretty much we'll say out for a majority of the season now. They had Tamayasu red carded at the weekend, but I, I think they got enough cover at defense where they necessarily don't need anyone back there. And so, yeah, I, I would look majority uh, a majority of my. I guess thoughts would go to that right wing position. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that as well. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people say that they need a striker. Honestly, they don't need one. But if they were to go for one, I would say probably go for Ivan Tony now. So you can get him for less before it starts into a bidding war in January. But one player that hasn't really been getting a lot of playing time that I would love to see back up Bukayo Saka or give him competition because he's very similar as Ansu Fati of Barcelona. I think he'd be a fantastic signing for Arsenal. Why Ansu Fati over, say, Ferran Torres at Barca? He was also kind of sitting on the bench. Ferran Ferran Torres, I think, is going to want to start constantly. Ansu Fati is not playing at all. He would get game time with Arsenal. He's young, though, and that's really the reason why he fits that mold. What is he, like 18, 19 years old? 19, 20, yeah, something and, like that. Yeah, to see him and Bakayo Saka, who are both very similar in playing styles, battle it out for that right wing, I just think it would be a great signing for Arsenal. And I mean, you're going to get him for much less than Ferran Torres. High potential. High potential, yeah, for sure. Very high. Um, if they were to go replace, try to get a replacement for Urian Timber, players of similar, well, a player of the similar similar mold is one Joshua Kimmich of Bayern Munich. Kind of defender, midfielder hybrid. Yeah, can play both. 
And then if you really want a backup but you don't want to spend a ton of money and kind of get one for the future, even Fresneda. I know he's looking to get signed here pretty quick. I think think Fenner Lease clause is like 20 mil. I think Fenner Bache, someone's looking to buy him here. Yeah, and Barcelona will look at him for a while, but they got Jao Cancelo. Um, Arsenal would link with him for a year almost. So do you think they actually sign anyone before the transfer window ends? Yeah, I think – I mean, I've heard they're looking to get rid of like seven players. By like Wednesday or tomorrow, I guess. Uh, I would assume that they, if they get rid of quite a few players, that they would sign one or two others. So yeah, Tavares. All, de- all depends. Holding. Tavares. Holding. Cedric. Pepe, Cedric. Pepe. Yeah. I mean that's five right there. So we'll see. Okay, Targo. This one we know kind of what they need, but they've been impressing us a lot, and like more and more recently, is Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, they don't need a midfielder, that's for sure. Uh, what else do they need besides a striker? <laughs> they need a striker. That's what they need, man. That's what they need. Anything else? I think they they look all right, you know. With this Angevalder plan, mm-hmm. they need quick defenders in the back. Quick center backs, mm-hmm. which Vendevin looks like a good center back. Romero can be a little rash, but he's quick. Yeah. As far as if one of them were to get injured, I think that's where they would hurt. I agree. Because then you have Eric Dyer coming Dyer in. Back, you're in trouble. Eric Dyer on a one-on-one situation <laughs> is going to get eaten up, man. He's only getting older and slower. So. He's he's just not good on one on ones, and so they would need at that point. I feel like a good quality backup center back, almost that third one. Okay, but well, obviously, striker. Yeah, let's start with striker. Who you got? I mean, we've gone through a whole list on our was it two episodes, last episode. Yeah. Um, Brandon Johnson, Dusan Vlahovic. Your your top two choices for them to sign. If they could sign anybody. It'd be Kolomowani. Okay. And Dusan Vlaovic. Okay. How about how about in a realistic world? They got a hundred mil to spend. Why is that not realistic? I don't know, because they won't spend a hundred mil. <laughs> well those players won't cost a hundred mil. I think you can get them for eighty. Well, Kolomwani probably would. I know Kolomwani's about to sign for PSG, but... Yeah. I don't know how, but okay. Financial fair play is a joke. I guess that's it. So I guess Jonathan David, Kolomwani, or uh, Dusan Vlahovic. Jonathan David's been linked with literally every club under the sun. Why is nobody bought him? It makes me question what's wrong with his game. Right? Like, don't get me wrong. I've watched him a handful of times for Canada... Honestly, a couple, two, three games for Lil. He's not terrible, but he's also not. It's gonna be tough, man. Like whoever you buy is gonna be compared to Harry Kane, who was fantastic, one of the best in the world, the greatest player Tottenham's ever had. There you go, greatest player Tottenham's ever had. Yes, that is who this new number nine is gonna be compared to. 
But right now it's Richarlison, and that's who's getting compared. And it looks terrible, man. It looks bad. But I will say with this Ange ball, Richarlison is not as much as a liability because these goals come from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so you're not relying on him to score the goals. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Vlaovic, Jonathan David, Colomalai. Those are your three picks. Yeah, if you want to throw Lautaro Martinez, I mean, I don't know, man. They just need a striker. They need to move on to Richarlison. Richarlison is not the guy they're looking for. That's all I can say. But, I mean, they did spend big money on him, so I assume they want to at least give him a chance. So I was thinking more of Callum Wilson, per se. Think he'd leave Newcastle? I mean, right now he's pretty much the backup to – Isak. Alexander Isak, yes. Would he leave Newcastle? I don't know, but it's worth a try. Um, I mean, he's technically the backup to Harry Kane for the England national team, so why not? Otherwise, I agree with Kolo Mwani. He's the closest thing to Harry Kane that they're going to be able to get. I don't think he's that close. Harry Kane dropped deep. I don't think Kolomowani will would do that for that Tottenham team. I think he'd I be more he would of a drop. I don't think he would drop as deep, but I with this new mid- midfield setup, I don't think they need to. No, he wouldn't. James Madison. So, but he does create a lot and he does score a lot, as he did for Frankfurt last year. I guess you could. That, you can see more fluidity in that front three with him switching out with Son and Kulusevski. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you, I just think Richarlison's lazy. I just don't think Richarlison's that good, man. I don't I'll be honest. It, but I think his number one problem is that he's lazy, which makes it more apparent that he's not good. I don't think he's uh, lazy. I think he's a hustler and he'll try. But I, I just don't think he's that good. He's kind of a, a bulldozer in there to go ruffle up defenders and looks like cause is. issues. But as far as his skill-wise, I... I don't see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. He scored a fantastic goal for Brazil in the World Cup but I off of a poor good. touch. I would be good for Brazil. That's it was a poor <laughs> touch. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, the window is not – like, there's not a lot of world-class strikers that you could just go out and buy, even for 100 mil. I mean, players that are less than world-class, you got Patrick Schick. I mean, he's been tearing it up for a little bit. Matthias He's injured Tell. right now. You get Matthias Tell, maybe on loan from Bayern Munich with an option to buy. It's not a, I don't think that's a good solve, though. I don't need He'd it. almost be backup to Richarlison. Yeah. I, I just, there, again, like you said, there's not a lot of players out there that you could just go out and buy as far as strikers go. Without getting outbid by all the other teams that are going. I should have went and got Victor Boniface. I should have. Good on Bayer Leverkusen. They don't listen to our Redbeard scout here. Otherwise, they would have known. They don't. Okay. Uh, Likelihood Tottenham Hotspur signed someone before the end of the window. You don't think so? Not very likely, no. 
See if you could put a percentage on it. 35. Okay. I think personally it's probably closer to 45. Almost 50-50. But I think you're onto something because Daniel Levy is a cheap ass. And speaking of cheap asses, you got the Glazers at Manchester United. They need a they need to sell Man United. <laughs> yeah, they need a center midfielder, someone who actually play on the right wing. And, oh man, uh, are they going to go send another center? eighty mil on? <laughs> I don't know. On a right winger? I don't know. It just baffles me. So or can Mason Mount play there? I mean, that might not be a bad shout, but then they need two center mids. I would argue one. Okay. So, as for center mids, who are their realistic options that you think would be good for? Realistic, not dream. Okay. Yeah. Dream options would have been that uh, Frankie de Jong. But so, friend, I'm your brat. I'm a rabat, who we talked about. Not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. Another one to sit there next to Casemiro, who I'm going to talk very highly of this player in this episode, is Jao Pelinha. Yes, and it's been more than a year that he's been tearing it up. So, right so as far as central mids, if you want to buy a right, I don't think they'll buy a right here. I don't. No, I, I don't. I don't either. That's more of a I think they need one. Because you have a agenda against Sancho and Anthony. I really don't think Sancho is a bad player. I think he's in a bad headspace. And I think Anthony is just a bad player. But kind of out there options, uh, maybe a Brais Mendes from Sociedad. Yeah, I was Brian Gravenberch from Bayern so, Munich. I didn't put it in our notes, but uh, rumor has it that Bayern Munich wants to sign Scott McTominay, and they're going to do a swap loan deal for Gravenberch, going the other way. Scout Targo, already on the scene, man. I wanted man. to save it until you said that. <laughs> Look at you on your way better after that. Fabrizio Redbeard here on it. <laughs> <laughs> More like, I listen to everything Fabrizio Romano says, <laughs> and I just relay it. Him and David Ornstein, man. Yeah, they're great. Uh, okay, so Graven Birch. Rias Mendez, those are great signings if they were to get them. I would say Gabri Viega, but, you know, he kind of went to Saudi Arabia. So I'll take my hit with that one as you took yours with Mohamed Kudus. Delete. <laughs> uh, okay, so I got – I kind of went outside the box for them. One, I don't know if you've seen him play much, Manu Kone for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Would be a good signing for them. Check Decore. Okay, Decore, yeah. Uh, one they've been linked with before, Amadou Onana. Everton, I'm sure he's dying to leave them. Uh, a former Arsenal player and Ismail Benasser. AC Milan. I think AC Milan want to keep him. I, I think so too, but it is Manchester United. And then I Felix would want to keep him with MVC Milan. Felix Kostic. Okay. I think the Correa. I think you're right. They'll probably go for Amrabat. 
It's just been Emmerbat, like, yeah. I think the Kure could make some sense. Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic midfielder, plays on a terrible team. He can both play the eight or the six. And he's primarily proven, which is the most important thing. Yes, sir. So, likelihood they bring in a midfielder before the end of the window? I don't think they do. Wow. Wow. I did not expect that answer. 15% chance. Wow. I'm going to go 85% chance. We are on the opposite spectrum here, man. Yes. I have not seen anything to make me think they're looking to spend money with all the issues they've had with spending all that money on Hoyland, Onana, Mason Mount, the sale of the club, being all wishy-washy up in the air. I think the Gravenberch McTominay thing might, oddly enough, pan out, but I think they'll they'll eventually sign Amrabat before the window shuts. They should. I would say 15% chance they sign two, but they probably could do with two. Okay. Liverpool, my friend, who uh, I thought they needed a center midfielder, but after watching their game this weekend, maybe they don't. <laughs> they definitely need uh, a right back, I'll tell you the that. The player from Stuttgart they got. Yeah. Uh, Endo? Endo, yeah. Right back, I would say, one that's a little more defensive, allow Trent to go into the midfield, and possibly a center back, because we've seen their defense. So They just have center back issues, don't they, these past mm-hmm. couple years? Injuries, out of form. Red cards. <laughs> Red cards. <laughs> past their prime, I don't know. So, ideal world... If you're Liverpool, who would you go sign? For a center back, I really don't think they need a center back, if I'm being honest. But if they had to go buy one, I would look at uh, Bakayo Tomori. Yeah, bring him back to England. Yep. That'd be a great signing for them. Now, I know we had talked about midfielders, but this is obviously, you know, we got to see Endo here at the weekend. Could be a good signing, honestly. He hasn't looked terrible. You know, we've only seen him in a, two games. Personally, I again, I'm going to talk highly of this player is Mr. Jaupelina. Could have been fantastic at Liverpool, man. Him sitting there with McAllister and Zaposelai, either side of him. But would have been slick. They were willing to spend 115 mil on Caicedo. You'd think they'd spend 80 to 100 on Paulinho. Paulinho looks, looks good. Other defensive midfielders out there, why not go for a Calvin Phillips maybe on loan? Bubakar Kamara, Mikel Moreno, Tunkut Miners, Stanislav Labotka, Martin Zubamendi. Yeah. Just a few kind of those deep line midfielders. Yeah. How about right back? Right back. So I, I do think they do need a right back. I do. For these tough games against the likes of a Man City, where you know they need to be a little bit more defensive, I think Ricardo Pereira would be fantastic. Yeah, he's still at Leicester City, isn't he? Yeah. Shock. 
maybe a Denzel Dumfries, Aaron Hickey from Brentford. There you go. Yeah, they only signed him, what, a year ago? A, bit, a little bit over a year, yeah. I think he's actually playing left back, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Okay. No, I lie. He's playing right back. Rico Henry's playing left back. There you go. That's it. Yeah, I mean, those are all good shouts, to be honest with you. Um, I agree. They definitely need a right back, especially after seeing Trent play in the midfield. I'm sold on it. They should put him in the midfield. That's my thought. So, uh, to replace him, you got, I mean, no one's gone after Jeremy Frimpong this summer. I don't know why. He's so good, man. He's so good. He's so good. Leverkusen's about to sell him for like 90 mil next year if no one buys him. I I would be surprised if he went for 90 mil. I think 100's probably about right with how he's playing. Uh, Going a little more under the radar, Alexander Ba for Benfica. Watched him in the Champions League last year. Some good performances. And you can go for, again, I said it with Arsenal, Joshua Kimmich would be great. He can play both midfield and right back. Same with Trent. Gives you a more flexibility. Um, midfielders, I would go with Pedro Goncalves from Sporting. From Sporting, yeah. Florian Newhouse from Borussia Mönchengladbach. And one they've been linked to all summer, Ryan Gravenberch, but it looks more like he'll go to United. So, Likelihood of them signing a player in this window. Uh, I think they maybe 60%. 60%, huh? I think that's a little high, to be honest. I, I would say I think they'll probably, I think it's more near 10%. <laughs> We're the opposite again then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I just think with the amount of money they've spent in this window, it makes no sense to me for them to spend more. On supposed to lie, McAllister, Endo. Yeah. They get a hundred mil for Mo Salah though. They'll have to. Hundred percent. I think at that point it's a hundred percent and they'll probably get two players. Because you'll have to to replace Mo Salah. Or at least attempt. Okay, my friend. The team that seemingly doesn't ever need anybody. Uh Manchester City. Do they need anybody? They're looking for a midfielder, it seems like, and Lucas Paqueta or Matias Nunez. Looks like it. Any other options they maybe should look at? One I threw out was a Atletico player, Marcos Llorente. He's been at Atletico for a while. You'd think if City come calling that he would totally make the switch. I think it's a good good shout. How about you? Which players? Well, I'm going to name the two that I've already said. Realistically. I guess let me say realistically. Okay. Well, unrealistically, Danny Olmo, Florian Burtz. Um, probably still unrealistically, Abrici Eze. All unrealistic, yeah. And probably still unrealistic yet, but could still happen. I'm going to throw it out there because Real Madrid have 110 midfielders. Federico Valverde. Don't see that happening at all. That's I even more unrealistic. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't either. But, you know, 
I had to throw out all my unrealistic options because I don't have any realistic ones that you haven't said already. So <laughs> I think Eze is probably their most realistic. Yeah, and it's looking increasingly likely that they'll sign Matthias Nunez. I guess they're putting in a second bid for him here soon, and he wants to go. So He does, yeah. Likelihood they sign someone before the end of the window. Over under 80%. <laughs> Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I'll go over 80%. I think Pep knows what he wants. He usually gets it. Okay, the team that has signed 19 players this transfer window, Chelsea. They obviously need some sort of leadership. I would say maybe a left winger and maybe some depth at striker. What do you think? They've already bought a million players, man. 17. Or 19, sorry. I, I don't think they sign anybody. I mean, we're – I'm just questioning where. Like, there's already so many new players, and then you have to gel them into a team. Well, how where? About a player, how about a player that you don't? And uh, call me crazy, because you probably will. Eden Hazard. Free transfer. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to spend any money. Doesn't have to reintegrate himself into the squad because he played there. You call me crazy. I'm going <laughs> to call you a little crazy. crazy. Just a little it's crazy. Because, I mean, let's look at their front line. You got Nico Jackson, who's new. You still got Raheem Sterling. Chris Fern Cuckoo, who's out for probably. He, he's out. Years. So, who, who are they playing on the right? I'm trying to think. Sterling, isn't it? Sterling on the right. So who are they playing on the left? It was. I mean, Niedrich's come off the bench a couple of times. They're playing with wingbacks. Yeah. So it's mainly been Cresswell over there. And then they had this last game, Milo Gusto, Reese James over there at that right wing back. And then they got Diasi, Thiago Silva, and Levi Cowell. So two new players, three new players in defense. Their midfield is completely new with. Caicedo, I guess not completely because Enzo's been there and Connor Gallagher. But has Chuko Wameka been playing? Chuko Wameka, he didn't play in the last Chukwameka. game; he was injured. Other than that, I'm looking at their roster right now. I mean, Nudrick, that's really it. So I guess yeah, and their formation here, it looks like Enzo and Raheem Sterling behind Nico Jackson, but. Because they did play with a back three and then wingbacks. And we'll get to their wingbacks a little and bit. And honestly, on the right, I, I liked Maduake, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Last I season, I thought he was a little bit of a bright spot. So I guess And we know maybe playing on both sides, so. Maybe a right winger? I don't know. I, I don't think they'll sign anybody. If it is, it's going to be a, some – Two million dollar signing from Uruguay. I don't know. Yeah, it, it will be someone young and on a seven year contract, or who gets loaned out immediately. Seven years, yeah. and we never see play. Yeah, probably. That's what it seems like. Okay. Likelihood they sign a twentieth player before the end of the transfer window. <laughs> Might as well make an even twenty, right? Yeah. Why not? What the hell? Okay, Newcastle. I want to say a lot of words, both good and bad, but for the sake of time, 
Do they need anybody? Maybe some competition for Miggy Almiron on the right wing. Other than that, need? Probably not. Want? Maybe a left back? Didn't they just have it. Livermento? They did it. He's right back. And he's... then uh, Lewis Hall? Oh, that's right. They did get Lewis Hall. So, yeah, if you want to talk right wings, I'll throw out a couple of Premier League players in Jared Bowman, or not, Jared Bowen and Brian Mbomo. Combining their Bowman. names there. <laughs> Bowman. <laughs> Jared Bowen and Brian Mbomo. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to Newcastle get Bomo off of that Brentford team. Jared Bowen's a good shout, though. However, I mean, I would think he would start over Almiron, to be honest. I would, too. I love Jared <laughs> Bowen, man. He's on fire right now for West Ham. Um, as far as me, I would go with someone who impressed you last season, Dominico Barraza. He's not going to leave. It's a swallow. Okay, well, then I'm going to go outside the box to someone most people haven't really heard of in E.C. Palazon of Rio Vallecano. Okay. Yeah. Speedy winger, great on the ball, a bit of a raw talent, but I, I feel like that's kind of what Newcastle need right now. So, likelihood of them signing someone before the end of the window. 50-50. Maybe 40, yeah, not very, not as likely. I'm going to go 25 because it could go either way, but more or less likely. Okay. Anyone else? Let's move on to this weekend, man. We've already been on here a while. Let's fly through these games. Okay. Let's start with Friday's action. We had Chelsea against Luton. Chelsea won 3-0 are talking points. I mean, most money against the lowest spent on transfers. Uh, which one prevails? It's obviously most money. They won 3-0. Will Chelsea's new-look midfield finally click? Kind of? Kind of. Honestly, yeah. it was their right side that clicked in Raheem Sterling and Malo Gusto. God, how good is Malo Gusto? After they looked good, man. I don't know if it's Luton is not very good on their left side or Malagusta was just that good and Raheem Sterling was that good. But that right I side, think Raheem Sterling looked like the old Raheem Sterling. I agree. I agree. I mean, that was one of his best goals he's ever scored for Chelsea. I think it was his first one, if I'm not mistaken. Nikos? Yes. Oh, no. Uh, Raheem Sterling's first goal. This year? Yes, I was saying it was one of his nicest for Chelsea. Oh, yeah. yeah. He went yeah. around those defenders. Nico Jackson uh, scoring his first goal. I know we didn't really cover it because of someone's unfortunate health issues, but uh, I did call Nico Jackson's first goal in this one, so I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Got to get that out there, huh? Yeah. This is a good um, game, though. Like I will say Luton were in it. Luton. You know, it was kind of it was one nil going in the second half. Luton started to go for it. What's funny is I was watching this game. It was about the 60th minute. I'm thinking, man, this is an open game. Luton are going for it. They're they're 
pressuring more. But at the same time, I'm like, Chelsea looked too good, man. They're going to get another goal here. Sure enough, I think it was three minutes later, Sterling got his second goal. I was like, there it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then he provided for Nico Jackson uh, with, I would say, a fantastic assist, especially beating his defender after that ball that Malagusto played to him. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, we both picked Chelsea. Chelsea won. We both picked Chelsea. I know Chelsea fans are flying high right now, but don't get too excited. It it was Luton. <laughs> it was Luton. <laughs> you lost to West Ham and you tied Liverpool. Let, let's see what the next game brings, shall we? <laughs> shall we? Okay, next up we had Bournemouth and Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur and Ange Ball. I mean, the midfield looks so good. They won this one 2-0. Did... Uh, I was going to say, would Tyler Adams make his debut for the Cherries? He didn't because he's still out injured, unfortunately. Uh, but could Bournemouth midfield stifle Spurs's? And the answer is uh, no. No. Not even a little bit. They were just as impressive as they were against United. Let me tell you. Yeah, James Madison with a goal. And then Kulisevsky, man, popped up with a goal. First one in 27 appearances for <laughs> club and country. Kind of needed one. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Bournemouth defenders got caught ball watching. Yeah, I mean, Ange Ball is looking good, man. That's all I can say. I will say uh, this is going to be a bit of a bold statement, and I don't think you'd ever hear it coming out of my mouth, or at least don't think you would ever. Uh, Spurs might have a shout for the best midfield in the Premier League, or one of. They look good right now. <laughs> Credit to yeah. them. Yeah, we both picked them to win, and they did. And speaking of not winning from North London, we had a London derby of Arsenal and Fulham. This one ended 2-2. Gabriel Jesus was on the bench after uh, returning to full training. I will say I I kind of agree with you because I know what you're about to say. I did not like this lineup. Didn't either. No. So we knew Tommy Asu was suspended. And so that defense was Kivior, Ben White, Saliba, Thomas Partey, and that right back. I did not like that. I was hoping to see Ben White at right back, Gabriel, Saliba, maybe Kivior, Zinchenko. Why? Why has Gabriel not been on the field? Oh. I, you know, there was another change of Leandro Trossard came in for Enketia, which – I probably wouldn't mind, yeah. but let's be honest, Trossard had a howler of a game, did not play well. And Ketia, has, I will say, has been in fine form since the beginning of the season. Yeah. But Havertz, man, it's so that that's kind of the big question. That's the, was it, $70 million burning hole in Arteta's pocket there. Yeah, as one Craig Burley has said. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's kind of forcing him in there. Should he be starting personally after these – first three games he should not for me you know I know we were both flying high on him he looked okay in preseason scored a couple goals in a he does not look good where every point matters especially when you're going up against a team like Manchester City as we found out last season you can't afford to drop points against teams like Fulham so it's not only that man so they let in a goal in the first what, minute Whatever it was, then they got 
back into it. They were winning 2-1. Fulham had a guy sent off. That first goal. What happened? That was a terrible pass by Saka. Back pass. And then what was Ramsdale doing? He looked like he got caught in a tornado. So I I give zero blame to Ramsdale. That was completely Bukayo Saka's fault. I I understand that, and yes, you are 100% correct. But the fact that Ramsdale went the opposite direction. So what Ramsdale did is, like, you can see in the replays, he he has that that second of doubt. Like, should he run out to challenge or should he go back? And so he takes a step forward, realizing he's not going to get there. So he starts to run back. And as he's running back, he's looking where he's, you know, he's, his goal is, you know, Pereira, does he mean to hook it into that near corner? Maybe. I, I was going to say, it, I think it's more he mishit it, and he was trying to do I know it. that's been shout out, shouted out there where he mishit it, did he mean it, whatever. But either way, he it left Ramsdale in a bad position where he's scrambling to get back. And I mean, he's looking back. Like he's he's. This is what he's doing. He's trying to get back, but he's also looking back to where his goal is, and then looking over his shoulder to where, you know, the forward is with the ball. And so he, you know, he's having to swivel back and forth, and he got again. It, it, the the blame falls on Bukayo Saka. It was a poor pass. It happens. And yeah, yeah, yeah. First minute. There you go. Yeah, and then after that, Arsenal dominated possession as you would expect them to. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of their passes were sloppy, for lack of a better word. Too many giveaways. It was sloppy. Fulham poor passes and poor misses. Game. Lots it's of shots right at Leno. Yeah, I mean, it took them until Fabio Vieira got subbed on to even start making a difference. And so, so, you know, you know, I've harped on Fabio Vieira not being the best player, but I got to give credit to him, man. He looked good. He got the penalty. Yeah, he, he got the assist for the Enquetia goal. And he, he looked lively. Amazing bicycle kick goal as well. Not to be outdone he, by uh, Raul Jimenez. But. He looked good. But I got to give credit to Fulham too, man. They got their goal. They defended well. Um, I thought the fullbacks did really well. Anthony Robinson against Saka. Kenny Tete oh, against yeah. Martinelli. He, he looked. He made Saka look like an average right winger. I will say Kenny Tete did give away the PK, so. Uh, but I got to give it to Jao Polinia, man. The guy, it's a beast. He is a beast in that midfield, man. And what a finish on that corner. And he got that not tying even, goal. Yeah, I mean, there was even. a point where Odegaard. There was a point where Odegaard got past him, but Polinia recovered so quickly that Odegaard only made it like five yards. 10 yards, and then he had to go past him again, but he couldn't. Like, his tackles and just everything about Paulinho's play was fantastic, man. He would drop back into make it a back five. Yeah, shout out to Paulinho, man. Man of the match for me. Fantastic yeah. performance. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the red card. Calvin Bassey. Um, already on a yellow card. Nketiah flicks the ball past him. He essentially... Professional foul, I would say. Yeah, it's a second yellow. Second yellow? Okay. I had to ask. We both picked Arsenal. It was a draw. Absolute madness in this game. Um, I already didn't have fingernails, so. <laughs> I will say, Jao Polinia, you're going to talk more about him, man. I think he walks to almost every midfield in the Premier League, excluding United, Arsenal, and maybe Manchester United. Or Man. City, Man United, and maybe Arsenal. 
No, I think he still gets into our state championship. Over Havertz, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Chelsea's, uh, I think he could take the place of Connor Gallagher. 100%. For Liverpool, ladies, I think he could take hey, the place of take, Endo. He could take anyone's spot in that Chelsea midfield. Guy's fantastic, and with the with that position, what they're being sold for, man, Fulham kind of got a cool 80 to 100 mil for him. They could have. We'll see. I'm sure they will at some point. I mean, he's, his value is only going to – and stock is only going to go up. Let's go to another London derby. Yes, Brentford against Crystal Palace. This one also ended in a draw 1-1, but it was really – could Brentford keep their hot start and home form going, or did old Roy Hodgson have some more tricks up his sleeve? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. You called a Brentford win, if I'm not mistaken? Yep, I did. I called the draw. You did, and after eight minutes, Kevin Shade with a fantastic strike to give Brentford the lead. In eight the minutes. beauty. Holy cow. Turned Joe uh, Ward inside took, out. Yeah, poor Joe Ward. Uh, took him to the washers, man. And then it took until the 76th minute for Palace to equalize through Joachim Anderson, his first goal for Palace. I don't know how that ball went in the net. It was a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a weird one. I don't know how it went in either. It was like they both kind of met the ball at the same time, and the ball just kind of squeaked between Flecken's yeah. legs into the goal. Yeah, it was it was a, a scrappy game. Flecken was a great game until that point. And then I will give you credit where credit is due. You said a while ago, and I'm talking like six to eight months ago. Last January. I say in Abrici Eze were the two players to watch. Good call, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Together we make one heck of a scouting a, team. <laughs> yeah, we would. Brichie Eze is a joy to watch, and I can't wait until Michael Elise becomes healthy because those two are going to be terrors to defenses. Yes, they are. I don't know what Roy Hodgson has put in the water over there, but, man, they're I want some. so much better after he took over. Okay. Speaking of teams that look terrible, uh, Everton and Wolves. Wolves win this one 1-0. Uh, you called it. Yeah. I, I don't want to say I called it, but ever is it because of Wolves, or was Everton still just that bad? I think they might Bro. be the worst team in the Premier League. They haven't scored a goal yet, so there's that. <laughs> Only team not to have scored. And Juma hit the post. Corey Did you see that Jose saw save where he's like falling back in the goal and somehow, yeah, fingers the, the ball out, up and out. What a save! Fantastic. I mean, if the ball won't go in at that point, I mean, what can you do? I don't know, and I think you've heard of like old superstitions or selling your soul to the devil. I feel like an Everton fan did that last season to keep them in the Premier League, and now this season they're paying the price. <laughs> it does not look good for Everton right now. I know they just it signed a, a forward from Udinese. Uh, I think it's Beto? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he can do, but because they need goals, man. Obviously, three games, no goals. That's not good. Yeah. Uh, Wolves, the only uh, person that scored the one goal, Sasha Kalinic. Uh, first goal for Wolves after being out over a year through injury, so fun to see. In the Late season. winner, too. Yeah. 87th minute. See how much it meant to him. This is the moments that we play football for. 
This next okay, game, man, it had a lot, a lot happen in it. Manchester United and Nottingham Forest. Yes, we did. Uh, holy cow. This game from beginning to end was entertaining. And our talking points were, can Forest catch United on the point, on the break? Will Alonga get revenge against his former club? First goal? Break. Break. I won ye. I won ye. ye. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I would not be surprised if someone came in and bought him before the end of this window. I don't think before the end of the transfer. Scored but. in seven straight games. And in those seven straight, he's got multiple goals inside of two minutes. Uh, and then in four minutes, Forrest got their second off a corner. So United down 2-0 after four minutes. Hilarious one as a corner goes off Willy Bolly's face and into the goal. I want to see the slow motion picture of the ball, his face when it hits him. I do. I haven't seen it yet. But. Uh, Erickson got one back for United, but I'll be honest, to this point, they look poor. So I will say they dominated possession, but they didn't create much. Um, and then it was good to see Marcus Rashford out on the left wing versus through the middle. They had Anthony Martial through the middle. And that goal was created through Marcus Rashford being on the left wing. Yep. Crossing it in for Erickson. Yeah, they look like a whole different team with Rashford on the left rather than up top, at least going forward. Casimiro and Casemiro having help. <laughs> That midfield with Casemiro leveled the game in the 52nd minute as United. It really was a tale of two halves for them. Yeah. Yeah, they looked much better in the second half. Leveled it 52nd minute. It was a lovely worked free kick. Oh, man, yeah. So, like, Fernandez played it square almost on the top of the 18. Cross came in back, I think it was to Fernandez, who squared it for Casemiro to tap her on in. Mm-hmm. And then he returned the favor by playing in a lovely ball for Fernandez, and a rash foul led to Joe Worrell getting a red card in the 67th minute. Red card for you? Uh, it was last minute. It said he was the last man back. I watched replay a couple times. Willie Bolly looked like he was covering. I don't think it should have been a straight red. I think it should have been a yellow. So here's what I would argue is I do think Fernandez, like, Bali is pretty far away from him. And so Fernandez, don't get me wrong, he has to have, an, he has to have a nice touch from this cross to trap it and control it and then get a shot away. But if he has a nice touch to trap it, he's the wrong goal for a shot. Bali's not getting there. No, I don't think so. But he's technically not the last man back. I would say he's through on goal, though. Yes, 100%. And so I think that's the rule. If he's through on goal and has a shooting opportunity. I mean, yes, I've seen red cards given for less. I've also seen yellow cards given for the same thing. And so that's where I agree with the ref. Okay. I I still think it's it should be a yellow, personally. But, I mean, as we've seen, refs are going to be very card-happy this season, so. I think it's just going to be... We have seen that, yeah. Sign of the times. Uh, things go from bad to worse as Danilo was judged to have tripped Rashford, giving away a penalty less than 10 minutes after the red card. Was it a bit rash? I think it's a foul. 
there's contact. It's not like on the foot. It's like on the knee kind of hip area, but there's contact. And you know, as well as I do, when you're running quickly and you have a little bit of contact on your knee, hip, that throws you off and you go down. So for me, Danilo looked like he pulled out of the tackle. But there's contact still. It's not quite similar to the contact of Thomas Partey on Abrici Eze last week. Well, no, because that one, Eze is running at Partey, whereas this one, they're running side by side. Yes. That's where I think it's a little harsh is because they're more side by side. So it looks, before you watch it slow motion, it looks like more of a 50-50 and they get tangled up. Watching it on a replay, you're right. There is contact first by Danilo. To be honest with you, it could have gone either way. If that's you, that goes down in the box, man. You're calling for a PK. So I know. Well, as a competitor, yeah, I'm going to call for everyone. <laughs> as a forward, that's what you're Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, Fernandez stepped up, put it away. Fantastic comeback by United. I had originally wrote my question as, are United the new Spurs? Kind of looked like it. Roy Keane thinks so. I kind of agree with him. Not yet. Too early. Three games in. Come on. So I'm not going to give them that moniker right now. They're not that far off. Anyways, I called a draw, and it was a draw that almost was because you picked United. You got this one right. Congrats, America. So one that neither one of us got right, Brighton and West Ham. Would Brighton continue their free-flowing attack, or would West Ham prove a stern test for the Seagulls? Clearly they did, because West Ham won 3-1 to in this one. And Brighton had pretty much all of the possession. I'm pretty sure at one point I saw they had like 300 passes, and West Ham had 17, and West Ham were winning. So, yeah, man. So, West Ham won with 20% possession. (laughs) That's how it went. Insane. First half, you know, they pressed, caught a mistake from a, I think it's Webster, Brighton defender, mm-hmm. and James Ward-Prowse, man, new signing, Premier League proven guy, gets his goal, goal and assist here. Mm-hmm. And 1-0 at halftime, and then it was just counterattack. Yep. I will say, though, that this, Jared Bowen. Dude, that second goal by Jared Bowen, man, if you go back and look at his first touch, Sublime. It's a, it's Sublime. a messy first touch, man. This, yeah. this is a messy esque first Kicks touch at that left foot, and it is dead on the to ground set him up. Like, it's it's not that's not easy, man. He made it look no. so easy. That is not easy, and it was just a beautiful first touch. Sets him up, so he just has to shoot, scores. It was beautiful. My jaw hit the ground when I saw that. It was just that first touch, man. Sublime, absolutely sublime. Mikhail Antonio got West Ham's third, or Brighton got a consolation goal in the 81st through a wonderful deke by pass through. Oh, sorry. Antonio scored in the 81st minute. Deked Pascal Gross, and it was pretty great. Fantastic done. Yeah, this game kind of reminded me last year of that Everton-Brighton game, where Brighton dominated possession and Everton counterattacked. And they won, was it 5-1 or something like that? Something like that. And they just couldn't stop. It's like everything they touched turned to gold. 
it seems like this Brighton team, that's their Achilles heel, getting caught on the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I will say Antonio and James Ward-Prowse, fantastic going forward, but I don't want to overshadow Ariola in this one. He seemingly was everywhere. Goalkeeper, yeah, he he, he played well. He did. Uh, how good was David Moyes' game plan, though? Plan to perfection in this one, man. Yeah. That would be uh, exactly how he wrote it up. If he can do it for the whole season and keep coming up with game plans like this, they're going to cause a lot of teams a lot of problems because of their two new signings. Believe it or not, on Saturday night, they were top of the table. They were at one point. At one point. At one point. Next up, we had uh, the battle of the, I don't want to say Clarendon Blue, but pretty much. The same jerseys, pretty much. Burnley, (laughs) Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa winning this one. Three to one. Tough test for Villa away from home. Could they be able to overcome Vincent Company's well-drilled side? Yeah, that was the answer. Matty Cash with a double in the first half. And how good has he been under Unai? Dude, a lot of players played well in this. Matty Cash, Ollie Watkins, John McGinn, man, I got to give a shout out. He, you know, in hockey, how they have the assist to the assist. Mm-hmm. That was him in this game, man. I wish he was, would do that in football. <clears throat> he was breaking the lines, making it so uh, those goals could happen. Musa yeah. Diaby with a goal and assist in this game. What, what a signing, man. Signing. What, what a, a signing. freaking signing. Holy the fact that they pulled that off, I still can't believe it. I mean, Oli Watkins, same thing. Great game. Their new signing, Nicolo Zariolo, came in. Could have had a could have had an assist if he wasn't so selfish, but he looked good. Yeah. Uh, Villa, nice build up movement. We picked them to win. They did. And then the moment that. West Ham were no longer top of the table. Sheffield United, Manchester City, and I'll be honest, I think we both thought this was going to be a blowout uh, because our point was, really, did the Blades even stand a slight chance in this one? And they almost thought so. We did not. They did, man. I So I watched this game, and I – so it, this is an interesting one. So Man City went up 1-0, and then when Sheffield tied, I was just like – no way. Like, my jaw just hit the floor, and I was like, I was rooting for Sheffield at that point, man. They defended so well. They got their goal. But then Man City had pretty much been playing that whole game in second gear, and they were like, oh, we're going up to fourth. Yeah. Went up and two gears. Pressure came man, on. Got the goal. The man who essentially is taking the spot of Gundogan for just clutch goal scored is Rodri. With the winner in the 88th minute. Yeah. It was. I, it's City, man. What else can you say? So they played well the first half. You know, defended fantastically. They even got a PK. Erling Holland missed a PK in this one. And then the inevitable happened. Holland got his first goal. Jack Grealish, fantastic little cut, chip ball. Across the goal. Holland's there to head it in. But, man, what a fantastic finish by – uh that Sheffield player, Jaden Bogle, man, equalized in the 85th. They had five minutes to hold on plus stoppage. I was so excited. I was jumping up and down. 
And then I realized, oh, wait, they're playing Manchester City. And, like, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Walker had a howler for that for that Blades goal. Terrible kind of back heel. I don't know what he was doing. But, man, it was uh, – the last 10 minutes of that game was so fun to watch. It was. It was. Okay, on to the matchup everybody was waiting for. Newcastle. A big one. Against Liverpool. This one, I'll be honest with you, didn't really disappoint. I mean, no, it, it did not. Really, it was really the midfield battle. That's what we thought it would be. And then could Liverpool reverse their fortunes at St. James's Park? Because, God, were they bad there last season. They were bad this first half, too. They were. Trent with another howler in this one. Get the yellow in the first few minutes, throwing the ball away. Could have had another one on a poor foul on Anthony Gordon. And then he missed the, the ball, which Anthony Gordon punched on through to get a shot between Allison's legs in the 25th minute, given the lead. Unlucky, man. Like, we've all done it. You get to get, you know, you're receiving a pass. You're looking around to see where the ball is going to go. And the ball just rolls right under your foot. You know, it clips your studs, but you yep. don't stop it. And there's a complete moment of panic as soon as you feel it hit the back ones, and then it's not there anymore. And you're, oh, shit. Uh, shit. <laughs> Please let there not be someone behind me, and there was. And then it didn't help. Three minutes later, man, Van Dyke, red card. Red for you? Yeah. He goes through Isak to get the ball. Yeah. He's the last player. Mm-hmm. Clear and obvious. The red card. And then and the whole way. game. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the whole game after that was just Newcastle possession, Liverpool surviving, trying to threaten on the counter. And then Darwin Nunes came on. And they did threaten on the counter. And then they started threatening on the counter and got the equalizer in the 81st minute. I will I will say yes. It, it was very unlucky on Sven Botman. Kind of a weird bounce off of him, yeah. Weird bounce, yeah. Uh, and then, even more unlucky for him, he came off injured five minutes later, which is a huge blow for Newcastle. And then, to make it go from bad to worse, the unthinkable happened. Liverpool got a winner through Darwin Nunes in the 93rd minute. Terrible giveaway from Bruno Guimaraes in the midfield. And then Darwin Nunez gets slotted through, man. And I got to say, $100 million finish from Nunez, man. Yeah. Appearances like that and games like that are why they bought him for 100 mil. Everything, a lot of games before that, not so much for me. But this was the game. You're like, okay, he's got it. Newcastle should have won that game, though, man. I mean, Allison had some fantastic saves. They hit the post. The game but they were a complete control. Anyhow in this one. Game management. Game management. Damn. Oh, my God. Newcastle should have either walked away easily with this one or won one nil and just shut things down. I don't think that's how Newcastle plays, man. They're balls to the ball. They want to press. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then they didn't know how to just relax and manage the game. Oh. Oh. 
how about Newcastle or Liverpool, man? Down to ten men, beat Newcastle at St. Just Park. Are they the second best team in the Premier League? With ten men, I would say they're the best team in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, they look. I mean, Arsenal could beat Fulham with ten men. Every, Here, Liverpool are with ten men beating Newcastle. Every, they should get a red card every game because they're <laughs> that good with ten men. I don't get it. How are they so good with ten men compared to eleven? when they're not great at all. I will say, credit to Jurgen Klopp, man, making positive uh, substitutions in that game. Yeah. Man, the confidence that he has. Holy crap. So, yeah, I picked Newcastle to win. You picked a draw. Is anything but. You won this week 6-5. to You currently are leading the season. You got your first win. We've been tied up until now. Two draws. Congrats, my friend. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So on ESPN, they had a funny start, sub, sell. And so I wanted to ask you, because I know you're a huge fan of these players. But it's a start, sub, sell. Anthony, Mihaila Mudrik, and Richarlison. Oh, this is like, pick the best turd. <laughs> Out of three. Which turd would you most want to swallow? (laughs) Which turd looks best out of all three shits? Um, Let's be completely honest. I'm probably... I'm probably going to start Mudrick. Well, this is where it gets hard for me. I will probably bench Richarlison and drop Anthony. You're selling Anthony? <laughs> yes. You have because an agenda. I more money for him than anybody else. You have an agenda, man. So I'll no, tell you mine. It's because Richarlison at least. Okay. I, you flip a coin. I can pick <laughs> Richarlison or Anthony. I just think Richarlison, he's really bad. His attitude sucks. Anthony's attitude is worse, and he's even more one-dimensional than Richarlison. So, honestly, I would just keep Mudrick because he's got the raw talent, and then I would sell both of them. <laughs> okay. so that's not an option. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you mine. So, I'm, I'm you might be pissed at me. I'm starting Anthony. Nah, I'm benching Mudrick, and I'm selling Richarlison. And here's yes. here's why. Here's why. Last season, who produced the most? Anthony. And I will say, Richardson got his one goal where Mudrick didn't do crap, but Mudrick was only there six months, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and bench him and sell Richardson. Because, like you said, I hate Richardson's attitude. Honestly, but yeah. I, don't, I don't like any of these players. They're all shit. <laughs> well, that's the point of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw it, and some of them, I was just their reasoning behind picking players was like, "How do you have a job at ESPN? I don't understand." <laughs> so, what do you guys think? What start sub cells? Yeah, what start sub cells would you guys like us to do? Oh my god! Send us yeah, a DM on Instagram. The, what do you think of this one? This is literally like a giant douche, a turd sandwich, and whatever else you want to throw in there. Holy cow. 
South Park. Do an episode on that one. <laughs> there you go. But man, that brings us to the end of this episode. We got a big episode coming up this week, don't we? Yes, we do. I mean, we got our transfer deadline day episode, and then a transfer deadline day episode of the Rumor Mill with special guests. Targo and potentially me. I'm a special guest. Yeah, you are. And former sounder. Former sounder? Question mark. Potentially. We'll see. That is one you don't want to miss. That is this Friday, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken. And we'll let you know on the next podcast what time it will be at. Or maybe just follow our socials on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm sure you'll be able to find it there because we'll be posting it. And on that note, make sure you get that sweet merch. Because, guys, I want to quit my job and do this full time because that's a dream. Who doesn't want to watch soccer for a job, right? Cheer, my friend. But we love you guys. Thank you so much. As always, cheers.